Welcome to Talking Shop, the podcast all about Adobe Photoshop. Brought to you by learningphotoshop.cc. Here's your host, Dave Cross. Welcome to episode five of Talking Shop, the podcast all about Photoshop. I'm Dave Cross, and this week I have my first guest. Yes, stay tuned for an interview with the one and only Scott Kelby. In a moment, you'll hear the interview with Mr. Scott Kelby, but just in case you're one of the seven people in the world who haven't heard about Scott, Scott is the publisher and editor of Photoshop User Magazine. He's the CEO of Kelby One, the technical chair for Photoshop World. He's the author of more than 60 books on Photoshop photography. Now, a lot of people say they are a best-selling author. He truly has been, several years in a row, has been the world's number one best-selling author in the area of photography. And a little-known fact about Scott, he also has a hobby of raising miniature Shetland ponies. That's an old reference to an old joke for anyone who might have ever listened to Photoshop user TV. So anyway, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Scott, asked him a bunch of questions, and let's hear what he had to say. Well, Scott, thank you so much for taking the time to chat on the podcast today. Yeah, absolutely. Are you kidding? I'm thrilled. Yeah, this is great. Awesome. So I'm curious to get the full story here because I feel like I kind of know a little snippets of it that Back 20-some years ago, you and your wife, Calibra, were running like a, a two-person design firm, and somehow that morphed into teaching, and then that turned into more and more. So what was kind of the progression of what led you to go from doing the design work to start teaching people how to use Photoshop and the other products? Yeah, well, what, yeah, we were graphic designers, and so back then, that's all that used Photoshop was, sure. was graphic designers. So um, I spent a lot of my time in it, and... Um, we started a, a newspaper for Tampa Bay called Mac Today. It was a small local newspaper that kind of just kind of took off. And it, it got to a point where we weren't making any money, but we were really enjoying it. Uh, the reason we started the magazine was we thought we'd get free software to review, and it worked. <laughs> we got free software to review, and it was a buddy of mine, and we had a really good time doing it. But we weren't making any money, and our wives were like, you guys spend a lot of time on this magazine. It's not making any money. Well, we got a lucky break. So one night, we were uh, we were presenting uh, our magazine and drumming up enthusiasm for our magazine at a Macintosh users group in the Tampa Bay area. And that night, their guest speaker was a Photoshop expert, and he was a buddy of mine. He was he uh, was part owner of a service bureau. So back in those days, when you did a Photoshop file and you wanted to go to press, you didn't give it to the printer. Sure. You had to go to intermediary. You'd go to a service bureau, and they would output film negatives, and you'd take that film negative to the print shop. Right. Of course, now print shops do it all for you, but back in the day, they didn't. So... Um, uh, he was there and he, he only got to speak for not even an hour. And so afterwards, we're all sitting around having pie and we're just enjoying the afterglow of <laughs> listening to an hour of Photoshop. And we're all at, just sitting at the big table and some of us guys are going, wow, you know, people really like that Photoshop. That I could have listened to an hour and another guy's like, man, I, I could go for three hours of that. Um, I'm like, man, I bet people would go for a whole day of that. And so somebody said, hey, I wonder if you know, maybe we should do a seminar or something. And I'm like, well, you know, we could advertise it in our newspaper. It wasn't a magazine. It was actually mm -hmm. a newspaper. So we could advertise it in our newspaper. And so one thing led to another, and we did it in October of 1993. We did our first Photoshop seminar, 
and we surprisingly, shockingly had like 150 something people show up <laughs> paying, uh, I can still remember it's $59. It was right. $59 and hundred. And we were like, Oh my gosh, we just made money <laughs> off of the newspaper. So, um, it helped fund the growth of the newspaper and it grew and it went from Tampa Bay's Macintosh newspaper to central Florida's, to Florida's, to the Southeast, till finally we were on newsstands nationwide. But we started doing these seminars all across the country. And uh, our, we went to Orlando next, and we did even better in Orlando. Then we went to Fort Lauderdale, and we did even better there. And then we broke all our records in Atlanta, and mm. we little by little went around the country. So that's how we got in the education business. Now, I wasn't one of the teachers at the first seminar. The two guys that we had speaking were the most brilliant Photoshop guys ever. But they were very advanced Photoshop users. So when they were talking to the audience, I would have to, as the host for the day, I would have to say, so what you're saying is, <laughs> <Kind of> translate. <laughs> yeah, to create a drop shadow, you're going to have to use the channels palette and you're going to load a selection. Now by load, that means, and so at the end of the day, when we read the evaluation forms, people were like, oh my gosh, if Scott hadn't been there to translate, you know? Mm. And so at the next Photoshop seminar, I, I actually taught a class and it went great. It was, it was the most highest ranked class of the day. And then that was it. I was... I was a Photoshop teacher. So uh, I, I, the good thing about it was, I think, uh, I, I had struggled to learn Photoshop on my own. It wasn't like it is today where there's online courses oh, sure, and tutorials yeah. and magazines and, and associations. And all that. Back in the day, there was nothing. There was like a website here, a website there, and they were all kind of cruddy. <laughs> so um, I was... Uh, I, I kind of knew what people were struggling with, and I knew probably the questions that they would have and, and what they were running up against. And I thought, well, I'll be the guy to help demystify all that stuff. I learned it the hard way, but I, I, I'm not happy that I learned it the hard way. You know, some people learn stuff the hard way, and they're like, that's the way to do yeah. it. And I'm like, that sucked. <laughs> I did not, not like that. You don't have to do that here. I'll show you what button to push. You know, yeah, it's so, like if you didn't have blood, sweat, and tears, it, it wasn't, you didn't really learn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but believe me, you can learn it without going doing it the hard way. And it's like, and then and I guess there is some value to it's just like the best lessons are the ones where you make a mistake, you know, mm -hmm. like you, you like I was just relaying that I did a photo shoot this morning and I was relaying that to the crew that was there. I said, I remember being in Hawaii and doing a photo shoot with a professional model and I, I shot the first shot the first segment and we did like a 15 minute segment and I'm looking at the images and I review them and I go to pop the card and there's no card in the camera. <laughs> so that's when I learned the lesson that you must go the day you buy your camera and go turn off allow it to shoot with no card because right. they do that so you can look at you can take shots in a camera store mm -hmm. like but in real life it's the worst thing and it's on by default <laughs> so i learned that and i've never done it again my entire life you only have to learn that mm -hmm. lesson once sure. so while it's good to learn lessons that way it stinks just to learn <laughs> that way it's a bad way to learn so then after some time what was the the next step where it was like, maybe we should have a bigger event like this and call it, I don't know, Photoshop World. Oh, I love that name. <laughs> so um, that kind of grew out of, of those one day seminars. So we would go to a city and, you know, people are like, man, this is great. When are you coming back? And we're like, OK, we'll be back in Dallas next year. And they're like, well, what do we do between now and then? We're like, oh, I don't know. You know, I mean, there really wasn't any place to send them because at that point it was just a hodgepodge of, of some homemade websites mm -hmm. and people didn't keep them up and stuff. So uh, we realized that there wasn't a place to go and learn Photoshop all the time. So we went to Adobe and pitched them the idea of us doing a creating an association for Photoshop users. And we had to get Adobe's uh, not only their blessing, but their written permission 
to use the word Photoshop sure. because they own the trademark. But uh, they were awesome and uh, they uh, liked our idea and they were like, we're behind you. And they gave us a legal document and all the permission. And about a month later, we launched the National Association of Photoshop Professionals. And Photoshop World was its, and still is, its annual convention. It just, um, it was someplace where we wanted to bring all the members together mm -hmm. and just have a couple of days, or now it's three days, but it was two days, the first one, of just Photoshop training and fun. And that's what we did. And that was... Uh, 20 years ago. Crazy. Now, for those uh, listeners who aren't familiar with Photoshop World, it's a very serious event where no one has any fun at all and just puts their, their nose to the grindstone. <laughs> I still tedious. Remember, I still remember my very first Photoshop World in 2001. I believe the theme that year was like basketball or something. Yep. And I'm sitting at the side of the stage watching cannons go off and cheerleaders. I'm just like, what the heck is this? This is fantastic. Because every other conference I'd been to was like, and now our keynote speaker, Mr. Boring Guy, and it was just like, I was like, this is so different. It's so awesome. And I think the attendees obviously felt the same way. And uh, that became like one of the reasons to go was just not, yes, I'm going to learn, but I know I'm going to have fun. I mean, it's just look at the way it starts. Right with a, the kickoff of those keynotes. Yeah. Well, they've done so much research that if people are having fun, that their minds are more open to learning new mm -hmm. things. They're more creative. It gets your creative juices going. And you actually, if you're enjoying yourself, if you're laughing and having a good time, you will literally learn more than if you're in a very serious environment. Your head's to the grindstone and all that. Sure. And also, everybody there is is an artist or creative on some level. Mm -hmm. So. I think that that's kind of what you want. You want to go and be in a creative environment with other like-minded people. And like, for example, uh, a lot of a lot of creative people are not just creative in one area. They're they're musicians. They're actors. They're they're singers, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> like Dave Cross. But uh, yeah, there's there are uh, they're multi talented and they have many disciplines. And so they love music. They love movies. They love video. They love all these things. And it's it's uh, I think it attracts the whole the whole creative genre attracts a certain kind of person. Mm -hmm. It's a calling. You want to do creative stuff. You want to be in a creative environment. And if you're laughing and having fun, you're just you're going to come away with so much more than you will. And I've heard this, I've had, I cannot tell you how many doctors and attorneys and people have come in and said, I've been to a hundred trade shows through my career as a doctor. And this is the most fun, the best I've learned more here than I have. And I think I, I know it sounds like I, I don't want to overcredit the fun, but you, you know, fun's the, what do they say in the movie, Arthur? Fun is the best thing to have. <laughs> it's just fun is awesome. Yeah. So this is going to probably be very challenging to answer, but because I know I have, I have my own favorite, but if you, I know it's like pulling something out of left field here, but if you had to kind of think of one of the, the most interesting or the, one of the favorite things that happened to you at Photoshop World, maybe after teaching a class or something, or what, is there anything that stands out to you from the years of something that was just really noteworthy? Well, it goes between like the very sad and the very happy because I've had people come up to me at Photoshop World and tell me their story like they had cancer or they mm -hmm. lost a loved one or they're in the hospital for months at a time and they would get their issue of Photoshop user or they'd watch our videos or our podcasts and, they'd, and they were like, this is what got me through it. And then they're crying and they're hugging and I'm crying. <laughs> and So that happens a lot at Photoshop World. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised at how many people like they come and tell you their story and, and you know, because... You know, Dave, we, we're always thinking about 
what's a great tutorial, what's a great thing and all. And we always have fun with it and stuff, but we're, you know, we're looking at the education side, but sometimes we don't see how it impacts people that way. So that's a really gratifying part of of going to Photoshop world. Um, I'd say the most, the fun thing is, is just the people I've met. I, I met people that through Photoshop world, I never would have met any other way. And I think that's when I think of memorable things, I mean, there's memorable keynotes and, Oh, I'll tell you one thing that was horribly, it's so bad. So (laughs) this is a weird confession. I've never told anybody and my wife knows this, but when I have a nightmare, literally like, you know, I wake up in the night and it's often or mostly about being unprepared for a class at Photoshop Mm. world, like showing up at a class. And this is no joke. I had one this week (laughs) and it happened to me one time where I was in, I think it was in either Las Vegas or Orlando probably where I got up on stage and I welcomed the crowd and I always tell the crowd, well, here's what's going to be in this class. And as I'm explaining what's going to be in the class, there's murmuring. And I'm like, (laughs) Now, this is not a nightmare. This actually happened. This is real. And there's murmuring. And finally, someone says, that's not the class this is. And I'm like, what class is this? This is Photoshop down and dirty tricks. Well, I thought it was tomorrow. So the night before, I had practiced to death a completely different class. And I was not yet prepared to teach. Because what happens is the reason I was prepared to do it is we have to turn in our workbooks so early, like three or four months. Well, you write all that stuff and you're all on top of it the day you wrote the workbook, Mm -hmm. you know, four months ago. Well, I have to go over all my classes the night before and be prepared. Well, here I was and, and I call my wife and she's in our hotel room asleep. And I'm like, hi, honey. Now, this is in front of like seven, eight hundred people. And they were in my class that day. And I'm like, hi, hon. Sorry to wake you. Can I get you to bring a piece of paper that's sitting on the counter called Photoshop down and dirty tricks? That's the list of what I'm doing, you know, because I, I always use an outline. I don't wing anything. I don't get up there and go, hey, I'll just see if this works. You know, right. I have everything's planned out. I have an outline that's detailed. I know what my settings are going to be, what order I'm going to do everything in. I mean, I have I'm I am on it. <laughs> And it was a rough session. Number one, it was rough waiting the 15 minutes for my thing to get there. And I had to juggle a bunch of plates in the air to, to just <laughs> and then do the class. And uh, and one of the one of the techniques that I did just simply did not work. Like it got to the end and I just said the class, don't do that technique. <laughs> but luckily, it was the most forgiving crowd. They were great. And so many people said, you should teach a class on how to handle a disaster. <laughs> but Dave, on the inside, I was dying. And that is, I kid you not, if I have a nightmare, nine times out of 10, it is going to be me waking up with a with a dream of not being prepared. <laughs> it's funny you should say that because I never really thought about this, but I have rec- a recurring nightmare where I can't find where I'm supposed to be to teach. Where oh. I'm, I'm walking somewhere and I'm like, wait, I thought it was here. And all of a sudden I'm in some hall. That happened to me in Vegas. It's just like, I don't know where it is. And that, that actual <laughs> thing happened to me where my assistant and I could not find the room I was in. Because it was like, you're in room 301. And it was, it was uh, 303, 302, 300. <laughs> And I'm like, where's 301? And we're looking everywhere. And it was just, you know how mm-hmm. in Vegas, sometimes they put stuff in weird right. places. We couldn't find it. And I walked up on stage with like two minutes left. And Dave, I don't like to walk in with two minutes. I want to go in. Yep. I want to play some music. I want to get settled. <laughs> I don't want to walk in where I'm like rushing and, and right. you know, because it affects, you know, mm-hmm. how you teach. Sure. So, so your your real nightmare or your, your nightmare is what actually happened to me in Vegas. <laughs> and then I have nightmares of being unprepared. And then obviously it's never happened to you. You've, well, I think because you know, I've had this nightmare that I over... I mean, I go like 25 minutes early just to make sure I find, or even if it's an event I've never been to before, 
I'll go the night before to kind of scope out, okay, this is where, like the first time I taught Adobe Max, it's like a giant oh, yeah. facility. So I went to scope out where am I going to be so I could kind of plan out, okay, now I know where it is so, so I, I won't be I, freaking out. When I spoke at Adobe Max last year, I, I couldn't find the room I was in. I asked a guy where it was and he sent me to another part of the convention center and I got there and it clearly wasn't my room. Luckily, I still got there in time because I was super early. I did what you did. I want to be there a half an hour early, even though I can't get in until 15 mm -hmm. minutes. But thank goodness, because I was on the wrong side of the convention center. <laughs> but this is the weird stuff that keeps educators up at night. Exactly. I'm worried about finding my class. <laughs> so Photoshop World this year is coming up at the end of this month in Orlando. I know. I can't believe it's the end of this month already. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's, it, it's at the Hyatt, which is... Uh, I think the best place we've ever had Photoshop World of 20 years is the best venue because you come down the elevator from your room, you step out of the elevator and you're in the middle of it all. Right. And a lot of other places, you're staying across the street and you mm -hmm. walk across a long bridge and then you take a long hallway and then you get to the convention center and then you go a long way. I love where you walk downstairs yep. and everybody's there and mm -hmm. you're in the middle of it all. And like last year, we sold out the entire hotel. We had every room and everybody there. Anyone you looked at was another Photoshop photographer, sure. designer, crazy person. It was great. And there's still time to register, of course. If you want to go, you can still do it. Do it now. It's, yes, everyone should awesome. go. All people, everyone, all <laughs> people should be Even if you don't use there. Photoshop, you should go. Well, you don't have to use Photoshop. You right, could be just a photographer. photographer. You could be just into Lightroom strictly. Mm -hmm. uh, you could just be wanting to learn the business of all this stuff. So, yeah, there's all kinds of social media stuff and all kinds of stuff that is not. You can go and never take a Photoshop class. That's for sure. Cool. All right, we're going to continue in just a moment, but first, it's time for... It's time for the tip of the week. All right, I've got a Photoshop tip. It's actually it will work in Lightroom or Photoshop in Camera Raw, and it is for making black and white conversions. So if you are in the basic panel, to the right of the basic top right corner are four little triangles. That's actually a button. And if you click on it, it will bring up the profile browser. So my tip is don't use the black and white conversion that is anywhere else inside of Camera Raw or Photoshop. Instead, scroll down and you will find 17 really good black and white conversions. And if you move your cursor over them, it will show you different versions of your photo in various presets for black and white. And some of them look like film and some of them kind of grainy. And it's, it's really nice. And you can find one that you're going to go, ooh, that's the one. That's the first part of the tip. The second part of the tip, and I love this, is that once you find one and you click on it, you go, okay, I like the way my black and white looks, there's an amount slider. And if you drag it to the left, it doesn't bring back color. It just it de-intensifies, if that's a word, de-intensifies the black and white conversion. If you drag to the right, it intensifies it. So you can pick a great starting place and then really, really tweak it. And the last thing that I would say for this tip to really make your black and white conversion, you know, pick a profile, tweak the little amount slider right at the top of the profiles, and then add a nice amount of clarity because clarity adds mid-tone contrast and it adds a little bit of grittiness that that you you've if you fall in love with black and white it's probably those high contrast gritty nice fabulous yummy <laughs> black and whites and that adding a little clarity at the end is kind of the icing on the cake for black and whites become a member at learningphotoshop.cc and get instant unlimited access to hundreds of photoshop videos live Q&A sessions discounts and more Use the code PODCAST10 to try the first month 
for only $10. Well, that puts all my short little tips to shame because that was a very detailed, awesome tip. Yeah, sorry, that was a little... Thank you. That's fine. No, that was better that than be like, yep, just press this. Um, So let's switch gears a little bit. I'm going to throw something at you and say, if the world just flipped around and suddenly you were in charge of Adobe, you were the emperor of Adobe, what are the first things you would do in the worlds of Photoshop and Lightroom? I would rename Lightroom. I can tell you that <laughs> right now. I wouldn't call it Lightroom Classic. I would That'd be the first thing I'd do. Like day one, okay, welcome everybody. Who's in charge of uh, the name for Lightroom? It's <laughs> going to be called Lightroom Pro now. So the regular version would be Lightroom Pro, and the second version would be Lightroom Cloud. And no one would have any idea. It wouldn't be confusing. I don't know which one. <laughs> Lightroom Cloud. Lightroom. So that would be the first thing that I would do for Lightroom. Um, the second thing is I would um, I would go in and there's a lot of little things that are still hanging out there since day one. That like for example the slideshow in Lightroom that was in Lightroom 1.0 is quite possibly the worst slideshow in the history of all slideshows. <laughs> ever made by any product you can find an 11 year old at a middle school who will design a better slideshow (laughs) program than the slideshow in lightroom that i would be fixing that bad boy immediately and the weird the bad thing is is it wouldn't take a whole lot Mm -hmm. so uh anyway that those are those are two quick ones that i would do um but uh, for Photoshop, you know what the problem with that is? It's, it's a tough question because Photoshop is such a mature product. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not sitting in Photoshop going, man, there's just no way to do this. Right. However, that being said, Dave, <laughs> there are a number of things. Like, if I was in charge of Photoshop, I would sit with my team and go, there are a bunch of apps that you can buy for $0.99 cents to $3.99 that do things that Photoshop should do. There are things that, that it should just flat out do. In fact, so a guy sent me about a month ago, sent me a website where you just upload a photo and it knocks out the background. Boom, it does it for you. And I'm like, I was really skeptical and I uploaded three photos. I'm like, holy cow, this actually works. Well, they just released it this week as a Photoshop plugin. That should, that should, you mm-hmm. shouldn't have somebody like two guys in their underwear in a, in a basement <laughs> writing stuff that should be in Photoshop. Yeah. There are, there's an app that my wife uses for her photography that adds lens flares and light leaks and all this kind of stuff. Oh my gosh, it is, David is so good. And it's like a buck 99. <laughs> it's like, that should be, you should be able to open up. Here's 200 lens flares, or here's a lens flare that I can make look any way I want. Like here's the base lens flare and like start. Photoshop is is really behind on a lot of, of special effects. You have to do everything from scratch. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be like you're, you're, you're um, like a cook in a commercial kitchen and every single thing has to be made from scratch. Sometimes you need to open a can of something right. and to get it done. Uh, I, I think that that one area where Photoshop has left some chips on the table is is there. Mm-hmm. There there should be so many things that, you, that, that if you can do it in an app for 99 cents, certainly it shouldn't be breaking your neck to do it or sure. impossible to do yeah. virtually for most people in Photoshop. Well, um, that's a really good point because I, I get people sending in questions. What's the easiest way to do X in Photoshop? And I'm thinking to myself, it should be easier than this. But, yeah. I, but I'm going to have to tell them an eight-step process to get the result they want. And they're probably thinking, oh, just go to this filter. I'm like, mm. Yeah, because <laughs> your app is like that. Your apps are like, do you like this sun flare? How about this one? Oh, you want to make it more orange? Drag that slider. I mean, they're like, Dave, I'm so impressed with some of the the, the apps that are out there and the stuff that they can do. So I, I would say that. Also, back to Lightroom. Uh, Lightroom needs to just go buy 
photo mechanic and just make it either part of Photoshop or part of Lightroom or both because the speed at which photo mechanic displays not just thumbnails, but full screen previews is unbelievable. Mm. You can't hit your right button, your right arrow button on your keyboard fast enough to try to beat <laughs> photo mechanic. I mean, those things show up full screen in a split second. Lightroom, tick, tock, <laughs> tick, tock. And, they, and they, it keeps getting faster and, they, and you keep thinking they're going to get to photo mechanic speed. And then they don't. It's it's way slower. If you put the two side by side and you loaded 500 images, you could almost see all 500 in 60 seconds. Wow. And then in Lightroom, it's six minutes. <laughs> it's not just a little different. It's, it's way behind. So also, I would love for Lightroom to have a thing that is kind of like the bridge in that I just want to look inside this folder. I don't want to import it. Mm. I don't want this to be part of my life. I want to find, find one photo. Yeah. Right? So just for example, right before we went to this, into this, I was doing a shoot this morning, and, and um, I have five images I need to pull off of 600. I don't need to import all. I don't mm -hmm. need to wait till they're all imported. Oh, that, by the way, speaking of that, that's another feature of uh, photo mechanic. Did you know that if in your camera you press the lock button, so like you're shooting and you go, ooh, this is a keeper, you press the lock button. When you go to import into photo mechanic, you can say just import the locked photos first nice. or imp just import them or just import them first. Hmm. So you can immediately start working on your ones and the other ones can load in the background whenever. That's been in there forever. That's brilliant. That's it really is, brilliant. isn't it? <laughs> because, I mean, how many times have you been to shoot, Dave, where you, you see, ooh, that's yeah, the, that's the shot. It. That's the money shot. Mm -hmm. Boom. Got it. And then, you know, that's the first shot you're going to see when you yeah. come back. No, it's not. As opposed to going to the play button, going writing down the the, the number uh, of the yeah. raw file. Well, you still have to wait till they all load. True, you still yeah. have to go mm -hmm. and scroll, and because Lightroom won't even let you scroll, it stops and it shows you a <laughs> blank window, and then you they and it stops. I mean, it's like oh yeah yeah. <laughs> so those are some of the things I would do because you know I don't imagine. I think Photo Mechanic is kind of a mom and pop operation. I don't mm -hmm. think they have six hundred employees. I think they have six. <laughs> so that would be the next stop. Cool. Now, what about the, there's something that comes up in discussions I've had with people where they're like, why are there still tools? And like someone, let me start again, say someone will say, which of these tools is the best one to use? And I'm like, oh, without question, it's say the healing brush because it has content aware built in. And like, well, why are these three other tools still there? I'm like, that's a good question. Like at some point, will you think Adobe will ever be able to say, now that we've got such cool new technology, we can remove some of these less used tools or functions. So, you know, they've tried that. And, and I actually went and asked the engineer straight up, what is it? And they go, every time you remove a tool, you literally break someone's workflow. Mm. Like when they took out, what was it, the pattern maker filter? Mm. They were like, it was trash. It was just a bad filter and it was poorly made. And it was all these bad things. And when we took it out and we took it out just to keep Microsoft Office style bloat from happening to Photoshop. It's like, this is, no one's using this. And all, oh, people went berserk. My whole business is built on Pattern Maker. I, I make quilts. And if you take that out, you know, and they had to go back and put it available for download so people could go get it. When you take something out, there's somebody, somebody or a group there. of people that their entire workflow and their livelihood is based upon that. And when they take it out, people, a certain number of people go berserk. But it's just like in the forum. So every time there's a Photoshop update, every single time, you can go to the Adobe forums and there's all these people complaining about that their Photoshop doesn't work. Now, they those people will send me a note. Well, Mr. Kelby, you know, why aren't you addressing this? And I'm going, 
because my Photoshop works fine. <laughs> I don't know anybody that's having, well, go to the forums. And you're right, there's 50 people there. Mm -hmm. But there's 6 million Photoshop right. users. And there's not 6 million comments. Mm -hmm. There's 50. But I tell you what, there's people that have weird old versions of their software. They're running on old graphic cards. They're running outdated weird stuff. And they have these problems. But they don't, they don't tell you, oh, yeah, I'm working on a 9-year-old iMac. What they'll say is hey, I just launched Photoshop and it doesn't work and it's crashed on my machine and this is crap. And so it anyway, mm -hmm. and there are also people who have legitimate issues that their machine's fine, everything's great, it just doesn't work. Yeah. So, but it, it's a, such a small number of people. But if, if all you do is go into a room with 50 other people that are having the same problem, you think <laughs> everybody's crashing. No, 5.9.5 yep. million <laughs> people are not crashing. And it, it's terrible to be the one that has that right. happen. I know I've had people that uh, say, "What do you have? You come up with a solution for the known issue of?" And they feel, and I'm like, uh, "That's a known issue." Who's have, it known by? I have not heard that. And they're like, "Well, that has to happen to you." I'm like, mm, no, "No, sorry." <laughs> and then I, I try and do some research and go, "Yeah, I guess there is." I mean, to call it a known issue, there's some people that have said this yeah. has happened to them. But I honestly, there are times where I just it amazes me that programs like Photoshop ever work with all the variables oh. out there of, like you said, older machines or a video card or a mouse driver or whatever it is. Oh, a million I mean, they, can... they can't test everything. So the fact that it, it generally works quickly. And I got to say, I know there are people that have mixed opinions about Creative Cloud, but to me, one of its biggest benefits is when they bring out something and realize, oops, then they can do an update very quickly as opposed to the old days where they had to wait for yeah. updates every... Yeah, and there was. were weird legal reasons why they couldn't just do an update the right. next... But the, even even if they catch something. So let's say that that Adobe agrees and, and, and somebody posts in the forum, hey, when I do such and such, like for me, you know what my, my current my current one is, Dave? If I go, and this is probably only me, but if I go to free transform and if I have free transform around my image and I go to grab a guide out to mark like the center of the screen or something, uh, when I drag the guide out, free transform deselects. It just turns itself off. Now, if I went to Adobe's forums and I wrote, hey, this is happening. Adobe might acknowledge it. Yep, we tested it, and you're right. That's happening. They can't release a, tomorrow a fix because Scott has, you know what I mean? Right. And even yeah. if they acknowledge it and they go, yeah, it's a known problem. This is a known issue. And when we release the next update, this will be one of the 50 things. <laughs> but you have to wait until they have, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like. Unless it's some crucial. Yeah, if like, it crashed yeah. everyone's, you know, Photoshop. Because there was one years ago that just. It was just so bad that they, I think they pulled it back. They mm -hmm. yeah, pulled it out of, remember, they pulled it out mm -hmm. of circulation and then and they released a new one very quickly. But they were addressing whatever that one thing was. But if you have that weird thing like I have, like with my free transform, it's the weirdest thing. But it doesn't stop my work. You know, I've even right. figured out how to get around it. Oh, good. Here, here's <laughs> what you do is you go to, uh, you, pull, you pull the guide out first. <laughs> Then you put on free transform, and if you hold the command key on Mac, which would be the control key on Windows, then you can move the guide to the center. <laughs> it's like I come up with my own bug workaround. <laughs> but it took a little bit to figure out, but it's like that's something I do a lot is mark the center. So speaking of free transform, this is a weird one. Someone sent in a question and said, in CC 2019, the little reference point in the middle of free transform isn't there. And I'm like, sure it is. And I went, and all of a sudden I looked, and I'm like, oh, they're right. It's not there. What? And it's a preference 
that's off by default. Oh, come on. Yeah, I was shocked. I got to go look at this now. <laughs> Wait a minute. I can't believe that's that's this, the case. Hold on. That's just too crazy. All so right. yeah, there's a preference that never was there before that says like show reference Okay, so point. mine, mine, mine does mark on. the center. Yeah, but. So, but if you go to the preferences, I think it's tools or something. There's Holy one cow. of the preferences is actually a checkbox to show that little center reference point. And for some reason, it's off in... I think it's by default because <gasps> I, I show certainly show reference point when using transform. I don't remember ever turning unchecking that, but sure enough, I went to do something. And I was wow. like, oh, look at that. So that's kind of thing. Like, what was the logic behind that one? I wonder why you wouldn't want that. I don't know. It just seemed kind of weird. But anyway, so if if you're listening and you can't find your center <laughs> reference point, <laughs> that's what you do. Go well, to the there you go. So we're just this full podcast of, has uh, been a success. <laughs> that's full of tips here. Someone's so. just thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Scott. We're gonna wrap things up. I appreciate. Appreciate you taking the time. It's always fun to chat and reminisce about great things like Photoshop World and get some of your thoughts on the the world of Photoshop. Well, so. Dave, I have a question. Yes, There's sir. a rumor that you will once again be appearing in the keynote movie <laughs> that starts the conference. Is this true? I just heard that myself the other day, so <laughs> I'm going to say yes. <laughs> it's always, I was talking with the, your producer yesterday about that and recalling the years, and probably my most favorite one was watching Matt trying to do the Motown dance moves and just oh. hating every minute of it. Yeah. And the rest was like, hey, this is kind of fun. He Matt was like, no, it's not. doesn't care about anything else, but he does not want to dance. <laughs> Matt is not. He, you can ask Matt to do anything. Bucket challenge, yeah, whatever. Dance. I will not dance. And then then it was like, oh, and by the way, we're doing this live. When it's not just in the movie. And he was like, what? He did great, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Except I remember the second time, I guess it was in Vegas, when we, like, a week before, we're like, oh, yeah, we have to dance live again, and we haven't done this for yeah, months. Yeah, we, we had to rehearse. That was sad. We had to, we had to, remember we hired a choreographer to teach us simple dance steps? He did great, though. He was he was a good choreographer. He did a good job. Now, we made it through, and the crowd loved it. Now, again, it, I remember. Do you remember right before we're walking on stage that Matt looked over at us and said something unkind about having to do this? We're like, he's like, I can't believe we... You have to do this. But that's just the fun of Photoshop World. Yes, so. that is. <laughs> awesome. So thanks again. I really appreciate you taking the time. Of course. And uh, Pleasure was mine. Thank you to the listeners. Be sure to tell your Photoshop-using friends about this podcast, and we'll see you next time. Yay! Thanks for listening. Please subscribe and tell your Photoshop-using friends. Find us at TalkingShop.show. This podcast is not authorized, endorsed, or sponsored by Adobe, publisher of Photoshop.